Episode 273, Four Top Coaching Fears and the Lessons They Teach Us. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, elite educators, Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. I am the host of the Empowering Educators podcast, and my goal is to ensure you stay empowered, continuing to hone your craft today, tomorrow, and always. We are just losing way too many great teachers to other professions. So I'm doing my best to provide guidance and inspiration so you can retain your elite status and impact students and colleagues for generations to come. And I'm really excited to be back on the mic in your ear today talking about the four most popular fears that instructional coaches face as teacher leaders. So if you grow and develop teachers in any capacity, this episode is for you. I want to first start by saying hello. I feel like it's been so long since we got to talk to each other. I've had the best time sharing with you all my new friends that I've been making and you heard those in the summer series. So hopefully you found a lot of value in that, but I have missed you. Don't worry, I've been learning tons of lessons along the way. (laughs) Those never stop. So I'll be sharing that as the fall continues to roll on. But I just want to say thank you to everyone who came on the summer series. John, Beth, Jamal, Erica, Linda, Inga, Brian, and Sahar. Man, it was great to connect with you. And then to just share these really cool people with you was awesome as well. We had a very fun beach vacation Tons of memories made with friends. Uh, Two of my three kids had birthday parties this summer. And just on and on it went. It was relaxing. It was fun. It was jam-packed, full of sun. And I am ready for the fall. That's my favorite season. I love back-to-school excitement. I love the weather. Uh, I love the fashion, being cozy in sweaters and stuff. So this is my jam. But I've got to tell you, if you've been following me on social, especially Instagram, I show way too much behind the scenes. You probably really know me if you follow me there, but we are moving into a new house in our same little town, which we love. It's a new neighborhood, a new school, which even though we're in the same town, we just have tons of people. So we've got multiple elementary schools and that's a lot of change, a lot of change for the kiddos. A lot of change for me. We would not have picked moving during back to school season, but that's how the cookie crumbles and I can't focus on that. And now the stress of selling our house is upon us. And <laughs> I got to tell you this little detail just so you truly understand, especially if you're a type A person, my parents were going to take this amazing vacation and they asked me six months out when they were planning it, can you watch our dog? Who's fantastic. Love the dog. We've got a dog. They get along great. Kids love them. 
And it's like, yes, we have nothing going on that is totally fine. <laughs> Fast forward to us buying a house and now trying to sell a house and people are signing up for showings. You should see me take both huge crates down and throw them in the back of the car, get the dogs out, do the vacuum lines on the carpet, all the kids' handprints off the glass. Like, I, someone should film me. It has got to be hilarious, but me, I'm like one big stress ball. So prayers, by the time hopefully you hear this, we'll have sold the house. But if not, arrow prayers to the heavens that this happens just so I can start to sleep at night and not run around like a chicken with my head cut off. Okay, (laughs) let's dive in to this episode. I love sharing with you the rationale because I just think it's fascinating why people want to talk about certain things. And if you've been listening for a while, you know I get inspiration from everywhere. Just living life, I am able to make the connection. Well, this summer, I was able to provide the keynote at the Assembly Coaching Virtual Conference, and it was all about leading and leaving a legacy. So my opening question to everyone there was asking them, tell me what you fear most about your work this fall. And a member of my team organized all their answers and ended up categorizing them into four major fears. And I'm going to share those with you today. I'm going to make sure I debunk these fears. I'm going to share what they are and then the lesson that we learn from them. So turn this episode up, grab your favorite beverage, jot down some notes. You are definitely going to be empowered by this one to change your perspective and then change your behavior. Fear number uno, being enough meaning not knowing enough, being irrelevant, unable to help multiple grade levels, looking foolish, missing the mark, being ineffective, lack of confidence, lack of experience or expertise, not knowing how to do something, not being liked, misleading somebody. All of that is about feeling like you're not enough and wanting to be enough. And I've got to tell you, I feel this one too. And I understand why it's the biggest fear. My biggest fear, and I shared this with everyone during my keynote, is failing in front of other people. I want to, I want to fail behind the scenes. I don't want anyone to know about it. It's embarrassing. And we all live in a community. And it's natural to want to be perfect in front of other people. And our sense of self is really wrapped up in what our degrees are, what our certifications are, what our job titles or whatever kind of recognition we can have. And we think we have to show up as an expert instead of as just a partner or colleague. But just know you are hired for the job because you're capable of figuring things out, not because you already know everything. And so I always remind folks, especially because I've been on numerous interview panels, we hire talent. We hire someone that shows they are going to be able to do the job, not that they already know how to do the job. Clearly, if we can find someone that can do the job, that's great. But usually they're looking for the next thing. So if you show that you're capable of problem solving, of managing multiple things, of being able to research and connect people then you're going to be hired, not because you already know it, but because you're capable of growing into knowing it one day. And so you have to release yourself of the burden of, I have to be enough. You already are enough. You're, you're going to grow in to what the role is and people are going to help you do that just like you're going to in turn help them grow. That transformation is two ways. You are enough when you decide to believe that you are enough. 
And being enough means you're worthy to do whatever it is you're doing right now. And it doesn't mean you're perfect at it. End of story. So believe in the value you create, even with the mistakes and the imperfections. All right, fear number two, teacher reactions. <sighs> like what teachers are going to think of us, like they're resistant um, or they're you're not going to be able to make impact in their for their students or they're seeing you as an administrator, not finding you credible, not seeing the value in coaching, or they're just unwilling to partner together or to even engage, unable to just understand your perspective. And then obviously lack of trust, which is a big one. And I've got to tell you, this stems from schools where coaching is optional. And that is probably very many of you out there. Coaching is adopted and encouraged, but it's not mandated. And that kind of creates murky waters and makes it really hard for someone that is a leader, but doesn't have much authority because they're not the administrator. And they're just like a sitting duck waiting for someone to come to them. And it just takes a very long time and is very frustrating. When I was coaching new teachers, kinder through seniors in high school, it was non-negotiable. So anyone that was new teaching K-12 came to me. Uh, We had, I mean, there were other new teacher coaches, but they just knew that this is what happened. You were getting a coach. And we had a very clear focus. We used Teach Like a Champion. That was another non-negotiable. So I never felt all these insecurities, not because I'm perfect or that I just, I don't have that fear. It's just the scenario in which I was in didn't even allow for these thoughts to happen because they had to work with me and that was not my decision. And the way they worked with me with Teach Like a Champion was told to me and had been going on before I even got there. So I stepped into this pre-established system. But if you are establishing the roadmap and the techniques to use and your own approach, this is quite daunting because, yeah, there are a lot of teachers out there that are like, I don't need this. I didn't ask for this. Stop bugging me. (laughs) I don't want to partner with you. And I can see how this would be a major fear. And so what I tell you is you cannot force other people to do something you want them to do, even if you know it's in their best interest. I mean, you know that from being a teacher in a classroom, you cannot force a kid to behave to comply, none of that. And same with adults. You can't force them to want to work with you or even put in the best effort. All you can do is show value, continue to show up, encourage people to engage with you, build trust and relationship with folks, and just pour into the ones who are willing to partner. And then that's going to create this ripple. And eventually people are going to take notice. They're like, wow, they are kind of nice, or so-and-so said they're really easy to talk to, or so-and-so said they gave them a ton of resources, or so-and-so said they just nailed their observation because they talked with the coach. And that talk is going to build momentum, and eventually you're going to be super busy, and you're not even going to be worried about whether they think you're good enough or whether you can provide value or what whatever these fears are. Just focus on what you can control. Uh, focus on how you show up, how you interact, how you impact, and then let that wake that you leave behind you speak for itself. And in time, folks are going to build a relationship with you and they're going to 
begin to trust you and see the fruit of your labor through their colleagues' performance and the feedback from them. And before you know it, you're going to be impacting both teachers and students. Just don't go in like full steam, full throttle, bossing everyone around. You got to kind of step lightly until everyone kind of figures you out. You get to know them. Just keep smiling, build community as much as you can. And then when there's a little opening, step into it with grace and humility. Because folks are drawn to people that they can see themselves in. So if you come in as all-knowing, all-powerful, all-perfect, that does not bring people to you. That repels people. Trust me, I know. (laughs) So you've got to be able to just be yourself and make mistakes or say, I don't know, or let's figure it out together. And then people are like, oh, this truly is a partnership. You're not like telling me what to do and you know better than me and all of that. Attract them with your human side, and then you can transform them with your professional side. Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. Fear number three, lack of time. So you're unable to dedicate the time needed or work-life balance or having enough time to give everything you can to teachers or just balancing the multiple roles you might have. (laughs) Y'all, in education, there will never be enough time. Like no matter your role. For example, as a teacher, I had too many kids on my roster, too much curriculum to get through, too many uninvolved parents and community members, and too many kids not reading on grade level. Uh, And I could keep going, you name it. Relating to time, I felt it. It was never on my side, but I did the best I could with what I was given. And as a coach, that didn't change. I had too many new teachers. They were all over the district and never had enough time to travel to each of them and eat and go to the bathroom and lead PD, hashtag all the things. But I did the best I could with that situation because it was my only option. I, I was very transparent about my boundaries and I would advocate for different workarounds. I was very open and honest about what my obstacles were. And so folks appreciated when they knew why I might be traveling late or why I need to reschedule a meeting or could we do it over the phone while I'm commuting, that kind of stuff. And that built relationship and built trust between us. So transparency is is really big and it just always ended up being fine. I mean, sure, maybe more time would have helped me, but I can't focus on that pretend scenario of like having all the time in the world. It's just not reality. So accept reality. The lesson I know is time is always going to be an obstacle, no matter what career you have. So you've got to get really good at prioritizing the essentials and hacking your calendar to death in a way to make it logistically work. Only do the essentials. Be super transparent. When you are working, you're intentional. You can't be thinking about the clock and what you got to do next and what's my to-do list. Like you've got to be in the moment because You have to make the biggest bang for your buck in those moments. You can't just show up and go thing to thing to thing to thing just to say you were, you did them all. You really have to come in and and nail it, hit it out of the park each time because you know you're very limited on when you can show up and do your work. And I would say quality is so essential in how you show up versus the quantity of how often you show up. 
and focus on the biggest dominoes. What's going to have maximum impact? Those are the tasks. Those are the duties. Those are the things I'm focused on. These other nice to do things, maybe they don't make it right now. Maybe it's next month or next quarter or (laughs) next year. It just really depends. Uh, Meet with your administrator and let them know this is what's on my plate. It's overflowing. I don't have enough time. Here's how I'm going to attack it. Don't just complain. Come in with a plan of action and they might release some duties from you, which is great, or they might make better suggestions or they might better align uh, how many teachers you're in charge of or whatever. But you have an administrator who's a leader in the building for a reason. Even if you don't have the best relationship, you got to be honest about the obstacles you're facing, but already come in with a solution. So fear number four is that it's a difficult role because there's hard conversations and hard situations. <laughs> Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Being a leader is hard, especially when that leadership role is the only one in the building. That was me one coach at a building. I had no one to eat lunch with or high five in the hall or sit in meetings with. I mean, I had the teachers, but my, the coaching role, you're kind of like not one of them, but you're not quite anyone else. And (laughs) so you're like this weird Island. I don't know. I, I did have other coaches in the district. And so we would chat all the time. Thank God for Voxer would even role play having hard conversations because coaches had their coaches. So my coach was wonderful helping me work through situations and Everything worked out great. Um, (laughs) I will tell you the hard situations like hiding during a campus shooting during my teacher observation. uh, That was difficult. Or I had a 20-year-old new teacher. She was teaching high school students Spanish. They were three times her size and just eating her alive for her shaky classroom management. Uh, That was difficult. Or (laughs) how about when I got cussed out by a low performing teacher telling me it's all my fault. She's not improving. She's not going to keep a job because of me and yada, yada. I mean, I've been through it and you're going to be through it, too. And we're all going to make it out alive and it's going to be okay. We're going to be great leaders because of the hard conversations and because of the hard situations. You know, I never knew how to handle these things as they were happening. But once they happen, you know, I did my best in the moment, but once they happen, I sought out mentors to discuss what happened. And for the most part, I handled it. I mean, obviously the best I could, but in the way that they would have suggested, but they did give me some good ideas for following up or repairing relationships or what to do next. And that was key. So make sure you already accept the fact this is going to be hard. There's going to be situations I've never been in before. I am already feeling sort of lonely. I don't have this tribe behind me and they can attack me. But I also know that I have allies that I can reach out to and ask how they deal with these kind of situations. And, you know, your principal gets hollered out a ton. And the superintendent, people are after that person a lot. So if you start to really get to know people in leadership positions and you are open and honest about, I'm really nervous about <laughs> how cutthroat this can be or how nasty it can get, or I'm really kind of scared about this, they're going to tell you some horror stories and you're going to be like, okay, it's not me. It has nothing to do with me. It's just people's reactions to when things are hard, they take it out on you and you just happen to be that person. It's not going to get easier. I hate to tell you that, but you will have more confidence each hard situation or each conversation that you have because you know 
I cannot change the situation of other people. I can't change their attitude. I can't change their home life. I can't change their choices. I can't change their effort level, whatever. But you can offer assistance. And you also have to require them to do the work. You're going to be right by their side, but you having that confidence to be like, I'm not taking it personal. They're going through something right now and I can just offer how to help them through that. Um, Those sticky situations are going to come and go without you being as flustered as maybe the first time, but I don't know that it gets easier. What I can tell you is expect it to be hard. And then when it's not hard, just enjoy the heck out of it. But when it is hard, when that hard situation comes, know it's just par for the course. You have your allies lined up for support and guidance. Just speak professionally and without judgment. Their issue is with themselves, but they're aiming it at you. So just tell yourself, this is not about me. This is not about me. This is not about me. (laughs) And then go get a Snickers bar and cry in the bathroom if you need to. Okay, maybe that was just me. (laughs) But leadership isn't for sissies. In fact, I am reading a book right now called Leadership Isn't for Cowards, and it speaks to my soul about this fear. So if you think that would be helpful, read that book. We are going to have a clubhouse chat next week. It'll go live on the podcast. So if you weren't able to get in there, you can hear the replay. But we're going to just chat through some amazing takeaways. And another good book that would be helpful is lead from where you are. And I'm actually going to do a book study with some other teacher leaders. Um, I've got a Facebook group going. So get in the group. That way you know when the book study is and you can read it or you can just join in. You don't have to have read it because I think everyone comes with experience that when we're talking about points from the book, it's really going to resonate with you. Leading others is hard uh, because it's personal (laughs) to them and you have to make space for those feelings. You know, many adults don't know how to process or make sense or deal with their feelings. So leadership is a hard job, but you are capable of navigating it, I promise. So now that you know the four fears, let's go through those again. Fear number one, being enough. Fear number two, teacher reactions. Fear number three, lack of time. Fear number four, difficult role. You are now equipped with the power behind these lessons because you now have the clarity and why you might be feeling this way, but also how to navigate going forward that you can have that maximum impact in your role. It's normal to fear things, but don't let them freeze you in place. So acknowledge the feeling or the fear, dig deep to uncover why is this coming up for me, and then develop your plan of action. So acknowledge, understand, act. I would love to hear from you. What fear sticks out to you the most? How do you plan to overcome it this year? You can tag me on social or just shoot me an email, Gretchen at alwayselesson.com. I love chatting with you guys again. Until next time, go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>